Let's come to God's word, friends. Let's put our hands out as we have often grown accustomed to doing in a, in a symbol of our receptivity before the Lord as we come uh, to him and his word. Father God, we come believing that you have inspired this text and have shepherded it through the ages so that we have your words to us through these authors, writers. And so we want to hear from you today, God. We want to receive from you, not just wisdom in an old book, but we want to hear by the Holy Spirit who illuminated this, or uh, who inspired this book. We want you to illuminate it so that we might hear what you have for us. Don't, don't allow us to miss, God, some truth today, some encouragement, some correction, some training, some um, whatever it is that we need, comfort. Don't let us miss the word that you have for us today. So our hands are outstretched. God is a symbol of our receptivity before you, that you would pour out from heaven into our open palms, our open hearts, minds, souls, that you would speak and that we would listen. That's what's our longing. If that's your prayer, church, say amen. Amen. So I saw one uh, national uh, public health official say this, Uh, This week, he wrote, literally, nothing will ever be the same again. (sighs) Right? I mean, when we look at that, we go, that's it. Nothing will ever be the same again. We hear that kind of language and we're sort of, we're wondering if that's really true. And it makes us sigh. Before we freak out about that, friends, though, I mean, let's remember this. There's two things I want to remind you about. First, That's super true in all of life and always has been. That's always been true in life. Nothing will ever be the same as it was yesterday. And we only actually notice it when we go through bigger markers in our life, right? Like when you have a graduation, you graduate from high school, you graduate from college and you drive away all like, oh, this was the best time or this was the worst time. Nothing's gonna ever be the same again. Or those of you that have had children know like nothing will ever be the same again. Or some of you have had kids leave the nest. Nothing will ever be the same. Well, until they move back. But, and then it's a whole different deal. Like it's, nothing's ever been the same. I mean, it's just how life goes for us. If you've ever moved from one town to the other and started a new job, your old life was gone and it wasn't the same. So before we freak out about this idea that nothing will ever be the same again, be, we'll be like, yeah, that's actually life. That's how it works. And then secondly, what I want to offer you around that reality is that there actually is some things that will be the same. There's stuff that anchors us, friends, as the people of God. There are things that never change, things, truths that, that anchor us in reality that no matter what's happening circumstantially, no matter where we are, no matter where we are in our life seasons, they will. That's what we've been talking about in Romans chapter five. I know I'm excited. I'll try to finish the sentence that we are anchored in this hope. We've talked in Romans five about that hope, right? In Hebrews six, we've quoted it a few times during that whole series that we did, that we have this truth as an anchor for our souls. We have this hope, I mean, as an anchor for our souls. You see, there are things that don't ever change. Yeah, nothing's ever going to be the same. Okay, well, that's life. But actually, there are some things that will never change. And that's the truth about who Christ is. This, this, this anchoring is pictured in a text that Ben and I want to share with you this morning a little bit. It's in Romans chapter seven. We don't have it on the screen, but it's in the, the PDF if you downloaded that worship resource. And I'm also just going to read it to you really quickly. But this is a picture that John was given, the apostle John, 
was given as, an, as, a, as a, a picture of the essence of the church. It's Revelation chapter seven, verse nine and following. And after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude. Now this is a picture of the church. It was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation and tribe and people and language and standing before the throne and before the lamb that's before God and before Jesus who was sacrificed. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out to the Lord and they cried out in a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And then alongside this picture of the essence of the church is the heavenly realm. The angels were standing around the throne with elders and these four living creatures, which the revelation talks about before that. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God. Here they are around with the church falling down before God, worshiping, saying, amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. This is an essence of the church. You see, as we, this is an anchor friends. This is a picture of us anchored before the God of the universe. We always have been. We are now. We always will be. We will be for eternity. You see, so now as we, you know, we're having our business meeting today, we're thinking about the future. We're wondering where this is headed and what we're going to be about as a church and how we're going to do it. You see, as we're planning ministry goals, we're planning our spending goals and we're looking kind of into the, the unexpected days ahead. Even though this year feels so different, listen to this, what we are and why we exist never changes. What we are and why we exist never changes changes. Now, how we're going to live it out and how we're going to live it out in this very moment. I mean, that, that takes some, some, some adaptation, but the why never changes. That's the anchor for us. And what is that anchor? Ben and I were, were trying to figure out how do we encapsulate this? What is our anchor through all of scripture? Like what is this never changing thing? Oh my gosh. How do you put that into some pithy statement? You can't, but here's the beginning of it. It's that we're a saved people. We've been rescued who humbly and gratefully submit to the Lordship of Jesus. That's who we are. We're a saved people, humbly, gratefully submitting to Jesus as our Lord. That's what's happening in that vision in Revelation that we talked about. They were standing in honor before the King. And then they were bowing down with the angels, with their faces to the ground, honoring him in submission. They had palm branches in their hands in gratitude that said, you've saved us, God, you've saved us, you've rescued us. What would I be without you? We're a saved and rescued people who submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus, humbly, gratefully. I mean, and there's so much more, right? That's, that's in scripture. It's not just, it's not just, I mean, this grateful submission includes things like we, we receive his transforming power. We follow his leading wherever he goes. We will live in unity and obedience so that the whole world may know this, that the kingdom would come on, on earth as it is in heaven. And, and, and in fact, we'd share that good news with everybody so that everybody would have an opportunity to know this good news. Oh, that's, all part of it. We're a saved and rescued people who humbly and gratefully submit to Jesus, our Christ, our Lord. That's the glorious picture. That's the anchor. That's the why that never changes. We're anchored there. We always will be. It doesn't matter what our worship room looks like next month, next year. It doesn't matter how many of us can get together at one time. It doesn't matter what kind of technology we have or do not have. We are a rescued people who submit to Jesus.
Now, how we live that out and how we live that out now, that's going to take some maturity and some discernment, right? And some creativity. Let's talk about that a little bit. I'll ask Pastor Ben to come up. Thanks, Jeff. That is true. The, the why never changes for over 2,000 years. Christians have gathered to proclaim the lordship of Jesus, that he is king. And we long for all of our life to come under his rule. But what does change is how we live that out. And how we live that out is what our church is really trying to understand. The how has been different in every time and in every culture, in every other part of the country, even right now. The how that that why is lived out is different. And here at Marine Covenant Church, we've kind of landed on a how we want to do that. We've written it up on our walls to engage with the spiritually hungry towards a life in Christ that's inspired, intelligent, and involved. This is our how. This is how we long to do this. And I love this passage in Revelations chapter 7 because we want every spiritually hungry person to be welcome here at Marine Covenant Church from every tribe, from every people, from every language, from every walk of life, from every socioeconomic background, from every weird and wild way that you might find yourself, we as a church wanna posture ourselves to engage with the spiritually hungry, to begin to be a picture of the body of Christ, to begin to live out this picture of Romans, I mean, Revelations chapter seven, all of these people groups coming, gathering before the throne of God and worshiping Jesus. And so the how is how we, this grouping of people are going to move towards Christ. And we've kind of picked three values that we want to be inspired. We want to be intelligent and we want to be involved. And what that really means is very simply to be inspired. We are people who have a heartfelt devotion to Christ, right? That means that the very basis of who we uniquely are as a church is that we're people in our, the, 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 our guts, our very being loves Jesus. We don't have it all figured out, but we want to love him. We want to figure it out. Like the way that romance songs are written for people who are in love, we want that kind of devotion to Christ. There is some religiosity to that, of course. There's some theology to that, of course. But at the very root of who we're going to be at Marin Covenant is people who have a heartfelt devotion to Christ. And not only are we going to be inspired, we said that we want to be intelligent. And that word intelligent is actually a really complex idea. Because our theology has to move past the third grade understanding of what it means to know Jesus and to live it out, live out his kingdom in the world. I love our children's ministry. In fact, this morning we had a Zoom for our children's ministry and they're beginning to figure out these things. But our faith cannot end at third grade or seventh grade or 12th grade. We have a robust faith that has to continue to deal with the complexities of scripture and theology. Because we need a complex theology to understand how to live in this complex world. And there's something that I'm trying to grow in. And, and, and as I'm becoming um, more and more whole, I guess, is I also want to be um, complex and intellectually um, deep in my emotional understanding, right? I have to understand my own emotional IQ, what's happening inside of me so I can have empathy for others as well. So when we say we're an intelligent people, an intelligent faith, it's not that we're all brainiacs, but we recognize the complexity of the scriptures. We recognize the complexity of our culture and the complexities of our own being. And we want to live into that for the glory of God. And finally, that we would be involved. And our church has had a long history of doing that, to be arms wide open, to be full of compassion and mercy and justice. Our church has made its brand on making sure we're a place for families, for kids and for students to come and to explore their faith, that we want to be the hands and feet of Christ for our county and for the world. 
And I don't know about you, but I, I feel like in general, at least in January, I felt like we were crushing this as a church. We were like, yes, we are on the way. We all met as pastors and we were dreaming up these giant big dreams of how we're going to keep running after these things. And then all of a sudden February shows up. And for the last four months, I feel like we've been a little bit on our heels. We weren't totally ready for this moment. I mean, who was for the COVID uh, pandemic, for what that's done to our economy, for our social and political um, unrest, for all the divisions that are happening in the church, for just the straight firestorm that's happening on social media and the outside world. And here we are at church saying we long to be involved and inspired and intelligent and involved. And we're like, whoa, how do we do that? And so we know conceptually how we're supposed to do that. But the big question for us to wrestle with, for the big question that we're so excited to lean into as a church is the now. We know the why never changes and we know how at Marin Covenant we're going to live this out. But now in this moment, in June of 2020, in this specific time and place, this how will require some new endeavors and some adaptations. For being a 50-year-old church with great um, infrastructure. Um, sometimes we're a really big boat and we have to adjust and we have to pivot so we can be all that God has for us. I'm so excited to work uh, with a staff that is inspired. You should be so proud of our staff because they deeply live out our values. They love Jesus. They have a deep and complex faith and they long for their faith to be lived out in the world. And they are walking into this moment, finding ways to be inspired to leverage their unique gifts. I mean, our new Zoom service, isn't this so cool? This is our creative team leveraging their gifts and resources, our student ministry, our children's ministry, our missional endeavors. All of these things have been fully adjusted. We also recognize in this now moment, we need to be a church that listens to its young people, listens to its young leaders, to be inspired by them, to grow along with them, to be challenged by them and to listen to the wisdom and the maturity of our saints. And together, we can actually be all that God has for us. Because not only are we going to be inspired, we have to be intellectually honest and deep in this moment. We have to be learners. We have to be generous towards one another. We've done this in our, in our spiritually, right? We've said, if you are anywhere on your walk with Christ, we want you to take another step along this path towards Christ. If you want to move towards Christ, then this is your church. And that has to be in every area. We want to be a church that is always moving towards Christ. Whatever broken place you find yourself in, you are moving towards Christ. And what's great is if we can manage to do that, then we are going to collect such a wide and diverse church. We're going to collect all of the riffraff, me being chief among them. And what happens is we begin to live into the picture that John, I mean, that Jesus prays for at the end of John 17 for the believers. He prays that all of us believers would become one, that when we are united, the world will know that his testimony is real. And so we're feeling the tension, even in our own church. I'm watching the way we're interacting on social media and you can feel everyone's temperature raise. We need to be reminded the why never changes. And we as a how and we're in covenant are going to be these things. But in this moment, we need an added dose of generosity to recognize that we are good hearted people who long to know Jesus, who long to honor him with our entire lives. And if we can actually stay together, if this diverse grouping of people of all these ragamuffins can stay together, then we are going to be this growing testimony of the picture of the kingdom of God. 
Because at the end of the day, that's all we long to be as a people who recognize that Jesus is our King and we enter in to be a part of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. One of the things I've been really wrestling with is there's been so many protests and marches and I'm not going to lie. I'm not a protester. I'm not an activist. I, it's, it's a muscle that's not used that I'm not used to wrestling with. I mean, not used to using, but I was thinking about this, that there is a form of protest that we as Christians get to lean into every Sunday for 2000 years. God's people have gathered as our own form of protest to remind ourselves and the world to proclaim that this world is not our home. We proclaim that we are no longer bound by all the powers and principalities of the world around us. We proclaim that death and sin no longer have its hold on us. We proclaim that we are people who are shedding our sinful natures. We are saying we are crucifying our flesh more and more and submitting those so that we can follow Christ. We are submitting ourselves to Christ so that he can mold us. He can shape us. He can transform us. He can empower us to be his people on earth as it is in heaven. Because we are the people of God, we tear down all the walls of separation for Jesus is our peace. I think if we can stay together, we can live, excuse me, most fully into this passage of Roman, I mean, of Revelation 7, that we will be people from every tribe, from every tongue, from every language, proclaiming that Jesus is King. So I'm just going to read this passage one more time. And may this not be true as the why never changes. May this be true as how we live this out at Marin Covenant Church. And mostly may this be true for this moment in June of 2020. So after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from every tribe, from every people and from every language standing before the throne and before the lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. which in the end is a worship response. The why never changes the how we've been about being a church for your heart and your head and your hands, inspired, intelligent, and involved. And then the now is, can we be God's people in unity, adapting and creative in our intelligence and our involvement and in our inspiration. So what do we do from here? We're going to invite you for this next year. We're going to invite you for this, next season of time to join with us being a worshiping people to begin with. That's what's happening in the text that each of us is faced with this question of how will we respond when we come before the King, when we come before the task of building the kingdom of being the kingdom of responding to the world in which we live right now, we're going to be asked how, how will we each respond and how will we respond as a church? And we're asking you to, to get on board and come with us and be worshipers. And you're thinking, gosh, really? Like we're going to be singing songs. See what we know from the text is that, and all the texts in the scriptures that, that saved and rescued people humbly and gratefully submitting to Jesus. That's just a way of saying worship. 
that we're going to lay our lives down before him, that we're going to regard him as the thing of greatest value and that everything that we need for our internal life, for how we live it out is found in him and in his lordship. And so we're going to invite you in this next season to come along. Will you come with us in this season of being MCC as a worshiper? And we're going to invite you to sing songs for sure. But worship is way, way more than that. The scripture paints a picture that worship is this response of, of gratitude. Words like gratitude, submission, discipleship. A word like, a word like, like, like gratitude, of course, is, is we position ourselves as people to say, God, before all, we just, we recognize that you sought me and that you captured me and that you gave me life. And now nothing matters compared to that. Like if I was to lose everything, that would be the thing of greatest value. And I've been reconciled and God, you've been so good. You've been so good. And you've been so faithful, even through the storms in my life. That's the anchor. Without an anchor, we would be subject to the storms. In fact, we're going to sing a song in just a couple of minutes when I get done here that has that gratitude at its basis of our worship, which is God, you've been so good. You've been faithful all along. So our worship is going to be not just singing songs. It's going to be gratitude. It's also going to be submission. Submission is God. I long for your will. I long for your way. I bring myself in to, to you. And I say, here's my whole life. Here's my church. Here's our ministry. Transform us. God have your way with us. And I'm going to surrender all of my life to you. This is crazy talk. This Christianity thing. When you look into it, a life of worship is a surrender of everything to you. God, here's my heart. Here's my soul. Here's my character. Here are my fears. Here's my doubts. Here's my future. Here's my hopes. Have your way with me, God. That's why when some of us worship, we just, this is the only thing we can do. Have your way, God, with me. I come in gratitude. I come in submission. And then we're going to invite you to be part of this worship of discipleship, which means I will follow you. You teach and I will learn. You lead and I will follow. You speak and I will listen. Discipleship, responding, walking with you as our teacher, as our king. And we'll go anywhere that you want us to go. Well, there's more to come on all of that. Of course, it's just such, these are such big concepts, but we want to say at the end of this sermon time, and as we get to the, toward our annual meeting this next hour and, and move into the next season of life, Doing Zoom worship, I guess, this way, who knows? That as we come before you, will you come anchored as people in the why that never changes? Jumping in on the how we do it here at Marin Covenant and being adaptive to the now that we're facing, will you come as worshipers in that? We're a saved people, humbly, gratefully submitting to the Lordship of Jesus. Let's this morning, as a church, and as individuals recommit to that, to that reality, to worshiping him in gratitude and in submission and in discipleship. And let's do it even now this morning as we worship in song. There's a phrase that's going to come up there that maybe you can, you want to just, you want to journal down, complete this phrase. As you respond to the Lord this morning, just personally recentering yourself on this mission, on this vision of being a Christ follower and surrendering all of your life in worship. Lord Jesus, I bow down to you in worship and I offer you blank. Maybe you want to chat some of that out. 
Maybe you want to journal it. Maybe you want to just sit with the Lord. Maybe you need to just write that down, set it aside for another quiet time and engage in this song of God's goodness, of us surrendering into the good news of being a rescued people. But we don't want you to leave this morning without a response to this idea that the why anchors us and the how is going to be about our church's vision in Marin, but the now is going to keep us nimble as worshipers, waiting on the Lord. Respond to the Lord. Will, will you be in on this with us in this next season? We love you, church. We long to walk together under Christ's leading. Let's worship Jesus now.